Hey, it's Travis. I wanted to take this moment to discuss our sponsor, BetterHelp. I used to think talking to a therapist was a sign of weakness until I started talking to one. It has really helped me limit the negative chatter that can infiltrate my brain. Therapy has helped me become a more insightful person, father, and husband. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. Their online platform makes finding a therapist incredibly easy. Fill out a brief questionnaire and you will be matched with a therapist in just a few days. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, or click the link in my show notes. In doing so, you will be helping this show and you will receive 10% off your first month. If you aren't clicking with your therapist, if you're not getting a good vibe, BetterHelp will allow you to switch your therapist at any time with no additional cost. Online therapy is a game changer for me. I have such an erratic schedule. I work nights, weekends, late, early, holidays, you name it. Being able to video call my therapist from my phone in a call room, at work, or in my car, or whatever, it's extremely convenient for me and it allows me the time and the, the place to actually get my therapy in. So if you're struggling, if you need to talk to somebody, go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes and they'll get you set up with somebody. This has been my thank you note to BetterHelp for supporting this show. Hi, welcome to the thank you notes podcast. My name is Travis McVeigh. I'm an anesthesiologist from Dallas, Texas. I love thank you notes, so much so that I made them into a podcast. My guest today is Dr. Raj Dasgupta. He's the host of the Dr. Raj podcast right here at Ars Longa Media. You can also see him in a numerous board prep podcasts like Beyond the Pearls and others, also here at ALM. In addition to his podcast, he was a regular on the Doctor's TV show and the series Chasing the Cure with Ann Curie. He's an associate professor at USC where he teaches residents as an ICU attending. What I hope you, the listeners, get out of this episode is a sample of Raj's enthusiasm. It was heavily palpable over Zoom, and I hope you get a taste of it as well. Raj brings this excitement to his teaching. He's won several consecutive teaching awards from med students and residents, and he brings this to all of his media activities as well. So let's get to my chat with Dr. Raj Dasgupta. Well, Dr. Raj, it is an honor to be here. Uh, I, I get along with pulmonologists generally. Uh, <laughs> let's keep the streak alive today. So yeah, I'm, I'm an honor to be here. Uh, I've been getting familiar with your, uh, your work, been reading some of your, your books, listening to some of your podcasts. So thank you so much for letting me uh, get on here and talk to you and let your listeners get to know you all over again. Oh, you're super welcome. And you know, may, maybe one day if we have like a simulation lab, we could have like a some kind of intubating contest because I think that's where we compete, right? Who, who's who's a better master of the airway? Even though you, it's probably you. <laughs> I, I'm 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 game. We can even make it interesting too. <laughs> a, a signed copy of Beyond the Pearls. Okay. <laughs> I'll just start this off. Uh, you know that I have a podcast called Thank You Notes, and it's about people writing thank you notes and whether or not they do write thank you notes. So, Dr. Raj, do you write thank you notes? You know what? I always think it's important to be honest in these podcasts. So I'm going to say no, <laughs> that, you know, I should, but actually I, um, I don't write thank you notes. And it's because of your podcast. It really made me just kind of think back. 
But I will say this is that my wife, and she's not behind me, she's not making me say this. She's actually really, really good when it comes to writing thank you notes. And, you know, sometimes I give her like a hard time, like, you know, you could just give someone a call, which is kind of like what I do. I always feel that, you know, if someone goes above and beyond, I like to shout it from the rooftops. And I think part of me is like, it's not laziness, but I feel like if I write a thank you note, it's just that person. And my innate personality is kind of like on a podcast. I want to let everyone know who just is awesome in my life, whether that's going to be Kaplan Medical. Is it Elsevier being the best book publisher in the whole world? I love saying thank you publicly. So the answer is um, I don't do it enough, but I know I should. So when you do get a gift, you uh, you shout it to the world. You make public declarations, maybe not on a on a signed, sealed card, but you you let the world know. I'm not ashamed to do it. You know, what I mean, I think it's I think hearing the word thank you when someone's appreciative of what they do, it's just amazing. And I think that you know what I mean. Not everyone's the same, and that's why I think everyone's an individual. But um, that's my way of showing my gratitude. Now you are a father of how many children? Oh, man, I'm a father of three. I have Mm -hmm. three amazing kids, you know, and I'll go I'll go the name age combos. So my oldest is Mina. She's 10. Uh, My middle one is Aiden. And I'm just giving him a hug right now. He has autism, but I love him. Oh, my God, so much. He works so hard. And my youngest is Sadie. And she's three years old and Aiden's eight, by the way. Okay. Now, when your children receive gifts, are they writing thank you notes at your wife's behest or what what are they doing? So this is great. So I could say when it comes to them that we are a little more strict when it comes to writing thank you notes, especially when it's around that Christmas time, especially when it's like her birthdays. And, you know, when they receive gifts, I just think that I was taught to be very appreciative of these things. So my wife, it's always my wife will sit down with them and we'll write thank you notes back to the people who gave gifts and we'll do it old school style. Like we'll go to like target and buy like a bunch of thank you cards. So they are super good about that. And I will say more importantly, when it comes to my my grandparents, you know, um, my mom and dad played a huge part of, you know, all my grandkids growing up, especially Mina and Aiden. And uh, no, I, they uh, do a really good job for whatever it is to always say thank you in a card note because you know how grandparents are. Or some grandparents, yes, they had a choice of getting the most expensive, you know, car or diamond ring or whatever it is. They rather just take a handwritten note from their grandkids and put it on their mirror, and that just means the world to them. So when it comes to grandparents, definitely thank you notes aplenty, and they save them too. They'll oh, just totally have boxes of them from years and years. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I'm gonna. You know, one of the questions you're going to ask me, I want to like go back because I had a, such a great answer on it. You were going to ask me, what was the last thank you note I wrote? And I mm-hmm. actually did write one. Even though I said I don't write them, I did write one. And it actually is not because of you in this podcast. I just wanted to say I wrote it literally about a week ago because my auntie and her name, she's Filipino. I'm half Indian, half Filipino. So Mm -hmm. I call her Auntie Baby, even though it's not her real name. Uh, My dad has Alzheimer's and he's in hospice and hey, it stinks, but he's very comfortable 
And my mom takes care of my dad and my mom's already 80 and she's tiny, like super tiny. And it's just, you know, breaks my heart. I don't have enough time to be around there all the time and to help. And I want to help. But of all the relatives, my mom's sister, who's in Canada, left her fam and everything to spend literally three to four months with my mom just to help her with my dad. That's baller. That's super baller. You know what I mean? And she did it out of her heart. And no one on my dad's side, no one else on my mom's side, just my auntie. And, you know, I just wrote a little thank you card. I did more than just that. I mean, I took her out a bunch of times. But, yeah, and I think it's that totally deserved it. And um, I actually really wanted to say that because, like I just told you, it's more than just a card for me. I like this to be put in her, my podcast, which she listens to anyway. So she's really going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not, so, so I have this right. Your wife's aunt. No. Came oh, to take. Oh. No, no, no. My mom's. My mom. Your mom's aunt. Sister. Okay, okay. My mom's sister did it. Your mom's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Crossed the marital lines to take care of your dad. Yes. This is in-laws. Yes. That's that that deserves the the round of applause. Oh, dude, Auntie Baby is so awesome. Auntie it just Baby makes me so happy. Shout out to Auntie Baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Raj, we're doing a a, a section a a series on my podcast about physicians thanking the people that train them. Now, you are quadruple board certified. You've done two fellowships and a residency. There are plenty of people who have trained you along the way. There must be somebody who uh, sticks out as uh, having made an impact on you. So who is that and what lessons did they teach you? Oh, man, you know, when you know it's the right person, it just comes instinctively. Her name is Dr. Janet Shapiro. And I trained at the time, it's called St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital in, in New York. And, you know, I just want to say that I love her dearly because when you first meet her and meet me, we're totally opposites. You know what I mean? I am loud and I don't let people finish their sentences and I'm quick to answer things. And she is, you know, it's not quiet, but she's the type of person when she does speak, everyone just listens because only the utmost awesome things leave her mouth. And I love that she's never startled. I love that when a code happens, she's not running and tripping over people. I love that her voice isn't loud like mine, but people are quiet when she makes recommendations. So I wanted to have everything that she had that wasn't part of my innate personality. And let me just be straight. I wouldn't never change who I am because I love who I am. But I always tell people who I mentor or whatever it is, is to take the best of everyone. And those are the best qualities. And, um, you know, as time goes forward, you know, a lot of the people I worked with uh, when they were my attendings or whatnot, you know, you just lose contact. But, you know, she always is great about my birthdays. If I accomplish something and she sees it on social media to be proud of me. And, um, yeah, I always kind of hope, even now at my age, I always try to hope that the good parts of me kind of morph into her because um, it's one of those people that I always just kind of look up to and I know it because I'm sure everyone could get my back like you could get my back on this. You know, there's certain people you just call doctor, even though mm-hmm. you shouldn't call them doctor because that's a long time ago. Yes. I always call her Dr. Shapiro out of that pure respect. You know, she's like, no, Raj, call me Janet. And I'm like, sure, I will. It's just weird. But I love her so much, you know. Now, where was this? Was this your, your residency, one of your fellowships? Where, where did you run into her at? 
Yeah. So this is when I did my pulmonary critical care fellowship in New York. You know, I did my, my residency at Michigan State. I did my uh, pulmonary critical care in NY and just, mm-hmm. you know, I love being in New York for that period of time. And then from there, I went on to uh, Detroit, Henry Ford Hospital to do my sleep medicine fellowship. And she's always been just an awesome person throughout, always encouraging what I do. <laughs> if, I, if I get a, a journal article published, whether it be for Good Housekeeping or New England Journal, she's just equally proud of me. <laughs> That's awesome. So what what would you what is a, a lesson? What is something that you've taken from Dr. Shapiro? I would say the biggest thing is that being an attending, it's that fine balance of sure you are fortunate depending upon where you practice to have amazing fellows and residents and they're telling you a lot of information about a patient, but it's your job to actually take the time to review the chart, synthesize your own differential, what you wanted to, and kind of use all this information people are throwing at you during rounds mm-hmm. for face value. Okay, but let's look at this. Are you sure we look at these values? And always to try to take a step back to really just take that breath before you open your mouth and say something. So I'm always catching myself taking that breath, you know, when someone's running up to me asking a question to make sure I give the right answer. So uh, that's what I got from her. That's awesome. Uh, that's a lesson that I had. I learned the hard way, too, is that you always do your own chart review. 100 percent. Yes. 100 <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I wanted to get into your media. Pit. You are a regular on The Doctors when that was on the air. And you were all, also had a, a series with Ann Curry. How did you get involved with so much media? Is it a product of being uh, in Southern California? <laughs> so I I guess you're right. It's so weird now that I'm laughing, but maybe you're right. So the doctors was just pure coincidence. You know, Uh, I remember one day the doctors, they film at Paramount Studios, which is like maybe 15, 20 minutes away. They literally needed someone almost that day to go on stage because the person they really wanted there canceled. And they're like, hey, we kind of saw you because I did some educational videos on, you know, YouTube and stuff. And I remember the topic was, exploding head syndrome. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, I just said, screw it. I'm going to do it. I just showed up there. I did a little Wikipedia <laughs> and I went over there and, you know, it was really cool. And I remember my, I told my wife I'm going there and she's like, Hey, I'm going to meet you over there. So she met me at the studio just to like, you know, clap her hands and kind of calm my nerves down. And I thought that was it. That was my what five minutes of whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, Literally about a day or two later, the doctor's studio called me to do one more episode, then a week or two later, another one. The next thing you know, I did almost seven seasons and I did over 50 episodes of the doctors. And yeah, thank you. Thank you to the doctors for always being nice and treating me like I was part of the staff and I was a regular. And that's what kind of led to me being on Chasing the Cure, which is really oh my God, I can't say enough of it. And this was a national televised show, worldwide televised on TNT and TBS. And Ann Curry was the host. And I only had the most things to say about her. She's an awesome role model in so many ways. And yeah, she had a lot of doctors to pick from. I remember the first day I went there, I'm like, wow, there are a lot of doctors here. And um, no, she picked me. And um, like I said, no formal training. This is, wasn't what, what I trained for. That wasn't part of my quadruple board certification was media. And um, it really felt awesome. You know, 
show, the last episode of the show, my youngest uh, Sadie was born, and I wasn't supposed to be on the show, <laughs> but it, but you know, uh, things worked out really well. She came out healthy. I made it to the studio, and Ann Curry and the show put a picture of my baby on TV so everyone could see it. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, you're you're making me go back memory me lane, and I'm getting a little teary eyed of all these cool like stories, but yeah, that's how I got involved in a lot of media. So we should assume that if we get a job at USC, there's television and movie producers roaming the halls, <laughs> offering, <laughs> offering jobs and spots on in TV and movies. Is that, is that the message that you're sending to the, to my listeners? Uh, the message is you have to be nice to all your partners because you definitely need people to cover for you. And uh, <laughs> that's the message I'm going to say. Okay. And, and if you want to do all these things, you know, you have to make sure that uh, you have a nice, you know, partner, in my case, wife, because a lot of it has to be after hours, which means you're not going to miss a lot of dinners or or go to work super early in the morning. So it's some sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess the, the reason that we know you is the, the Dr. Raz show, the Dr. Raj podcast. Now, what prompted you to start this podcast? Well, once again, your your show's name is so appropriate. It's like, thank you, Patrick and Chris, who just believe in me and are our producers and everything. And the reason I, um, I got into it is because someone in my medical world, you know, I do team up with and we do these medical questions and books. And he was like, Raj, you would be perfect for a podcast. And I said, really? I don't know. But part of me is kind of like, he's convincing me my job would be to talk to people and just be myself. And I'm like, I kind of like doing that. So I got the opportunity to call it the Dr. Raj podcast, which is a potpourri of different topics sprinkled with a little medicine. And I just love it. And now, you know, when I think of the podcast, I really think of it as an audio photo album. And now that I'm what almost 75 episodes in that uh, it makes me want to, when I get older, I want to listen to these episodes and look back about where I was in my life. And the reason why I said that is because, you know, my parents, my mom, even my dad, I know he's getting a little bit worse, but when he's in bed, he loves listening to just my voice. I don't know if he knows what the hell I'm talking about, but he just loves listening to my voice. <laughs> and that's why I love doing it now. It's like a, an audio photo album of my memories and, and what I've been doing at that time in life. So what do you want to get out of this? I, I guess, is it just nostalgia or memories or a, a journal or what, what do you hope that the Dr. Raj podcast becomes? You know, there's always a part of me that wanted to actually do what I say in the beginning of my little spiel. I want it to provide happiness and, and awareness. And, you know, I, I love David and Goliath's stories, and I always want to do that. But, of course, I think now it's it's a lot of it is just makes me happy that I get to meet these people, makes me better. And um, I would say when I'm wearing the media hat, you know, you don't get – a chance to be on air quote TV and all these things all the time. There's always like ups and downs. And you know, when I'm having downs, I still got this wonderful podcast that puts me out there. It gives me a chance to say, Hey, I'm still someone who loves doing these things. So it serves so many different purposes, but I will tell you this because you're early in your podcast career, you know, as long as it makes you happy, like I'm never bummed out that I have to do the podcast because the minute you're kind of bummed out, then you know what? You should start doing something else. You should do things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. 
Uh, I went through, I listened to a, a handful of episodes. If somebody was going to give the Dr. Raj podcast a, a go, what episodes would you suggest that they start out with? Uh, so I, I think of the big three in my, in my opinion. I think number one, Bob Saget. So God bless his soul. I only knew him for why he went on the podcast, which is his uh, sister. It's not a secret public knowledge, you know, died of scleroderma and the pulmonary fibrosis that can develop in people with scleroderma. And he was there to raise awareness. And he did so much for the Scleroderma Research Foundation. And I just want everyone to know he came on for free. He came on without twisting his arm. And he is so much of a bigger star than what the podcast was. And he treated me so nicely. He actually even wrote the foreword for one of my books. That's how awesome he is. So uh, please listen to that podcast. Number two, a recent one, uh, Lindsey Vaughn. She's Mm -hmm. a gold medal skier. And once again, she was cool and nice and fun. And she had no reason to actually come on my podcast. She's so popular, but she did it because she wanted to raise awareness about insomnia, which is pretty awesome. And the last one is my my uh, my girl, Mina, mm. who I love dearly. Uh, she came on the podcast to talk about how it's like being a sibling of someone who has autism. And everyone just loves that. And it was just like a lot of courage. I think she, she did that when she was eight, turning nine. It's not easy to go on a podcast and you have me, you know, being all fancy schmancy, cracking jokes. And she's on there talking about autism, but she did such a good job and we got such a good response. So those are my three. Those are my three ones right there. I think that's a good start. Uh, I will say that the Bob Saget episode was outstanding. I think that's everything I think the Dr. Raj podcast is. He was so nice and you guys had such great chemistry. You got into his story, you got him to talk and you got him to be vulnerable, but then you also were able to sprinkle in learning pearls for your medical students. And uh, then I was going to follow up and ask if he ended up writing the foreword to that book. And it sounds like he did. So he did. Oh, and then, and of course, afterwards, we know what happened to Bob and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just funny how when you know someone as full house and the other things he did on HBO, there's a totally different personality to all these people out there. And I just think that he is a testament to that, that that's how I don't remember him for those other things. I remember him for being kind and generous and just a great person. When he passed, there was a lot of outpouring from the people that knew him talking about, you know, how generous he was, how kind he was, how interested he was in everybody. And you actually get to see that or hear that in the Dr. Raj podcast episode he did. So I would invite everybody, if you haven't listened to that episode, that's 35, 40 minutes. Well, well spent. Thank you. The other two episodes are really good too. Thank you. (laughs) The other ones that I listened to, we talked, you talked about dysphonia, postpartum depression, there, there's really not an issue that you won't tackle. How do you choose your guests? Oh, awesome question. I would say it really depends on what hat I'm wearing. I think part of me, you know, wants to live up to the name of what I say in the beginning of the podcast, happiness and wellness. And so whatever's a hot topic. So for example, uh, I, yesterday, literally, September is Suicide Prevention Month. And I got a chance to talk to an amazing person to talk about uh, suicide awareness. And um, that's going to be coming up. Uh, my mom, 
A couple of months ago, she unfortunately suffers from really bad osteoporosis and she can't tolerate, you know, oral bisphosphonates. She got IV bisphosphonates, but her T-score was getting worse. I know I'm getting a little medical. Sorry about that. So what are my options? What are my options? And I thought if I'm having this problem, you know, I want to get an endocrinologist on here to really break it down. So I always kind of do things that are a little self-serving, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, things are out there. And yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, part of me and you having a podcast is trying to get listeners. And of course, if I get popular people, I'm not going to say no, you know? So of course, I was so happy to have, you know, stars on there. And I actually, one of my, my guests was the lead singer of a band called Save Ferris. It's kind of like ska music, you know, around. The oh, screen. I love that band. Yeah. And my well, daughter loves that band too. Oh, she yeah, loves the Come On Eileen. Come On Eileen. So she came, she came on the podcast and she actually was talking about depression and it was awesome. So I think my advice to you is you got to have a little balance of both. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes just go with your gut. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's just finding time to do it. And if you have someone who's motivated and wants to go on it, chances are I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. I wanted to get in now to, you are uh, a program director for both, uh, I think it's the pulmonary critical care and sleep medicine there at USC, correct? Really close, really close. So I'm the associate, you got to be specific here, associate program director for sleep medicine fellowship and the assistant program director for the IM residency. So yeah, that's my titles. That's my titles. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really showing that I'm a I'm a money grubbing private practice doc right now, and not an <laughs> academics. Um, you've won a, a lot of teaching awards, so I wanted to talk to you. What is your teaching method? Why Why are you winning all these awards? You know, number one, I think it's all about good PR. No, just joking. <laughs> I you know I think that uh, it's effort. It really comes down to, and um, you know, my favorite thing of all this certificate and that certificate is internal medicine. It's the foundation of my opinion. And I really enjoy trying to make teaching, whether it's going to be old school didactics or me doing a podcast to be entertaining and fun. And I think that's the hardest part of medicine. I think that, you know, keeping it interesting, you know, especially nowadays when I'm competing with Wikipedia, I'm competing with phone apps, I'm competing with all this tech, I'm competing with A to the I, artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very dinosaur in the sense that I really feel there's an art to having a chalk talk. There's an art to being in person and talking and keeping someone engaged. So I think that streak I had at USC, I'm so fortunate to have people that want to listen to me and being in a situation that they're inviting me to do um, board review or just teaching. Also, big thank you, shout out to the hospital before I came to USC, which is in Philadelphia. It's called Abington Memorial Hospital. They're kind of teed up with, uh, right now I think it's Thomas Jefferson. And I was only there for two years. And the year I left, I got a, a teaching award, a Golden Apple teaching award. And for for some reason, that one is the most special, you know, because I wasn't there for a long time and they really, really surprised me and embraced me. And, you know, and I think it gave me the confidence to go to a, a big university center and carry on what I believe in. But yeah, I, I think it's being yourself, doing the time, doing the effort and um, not changing who you are as time goes on, but knowing how to adapt to make sure that you keep a majority of the people happy. <laughs> So let's get into the weeds here. Let's say we we go back, you know, I'm not going to say how many years, but I, I'm a medicine intern again. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, I'm on the Dr. Dasgupta service. Do you do regular medicine and the ICU or just the ICU or? Great question. Where are you teaching residents? So right now, you know, um, I don't get to round on general medicine wards. You know, we have amazing IM, you know, attendings that do that. So most of my teaching is done in the medical ICU. If we do, you know, uh, pulmonary consult service, I do have amazing fellows. Or if I'm in sleep, I do have amazing sleep fellows. But a lot of the general teaching goes in the medical ICU. And uh, yeah, that's where you'll see me, uh, you know, doing my teaching thing (laughs) the most. Okay, so I'm on the ICU I'm on the Dasgupta team. Mm-hmm. What should I expect? Am I doing learning issues or am I, my presentations are getting cut to shreds? Like how, what, what are you doing with these residents specifically? You know, I always think my favorite thing about teaching is using the I letter. And what is my favorite I letter or the I word? It's integrate. And I always feel like a lot of us spend a lot of time, you know, doing USMLE or of step one or complex level one. And there's a lot of basic science and we just tend to forget about it. And I think people forget there's a way to integrate, especially things like, you know, physiology and clinical medicine, path and clinical medicine, farm. So you could definitely see me integrating and most people enjoy it. They're like, wait a minute, did he just do a throwback to like step one fizz, you know? You know, as far as what to expect, you know, I always do the, the the disclaimer in the beginning saying, hey, I may ask you some questions, not because I'm going to put you on the spot and make you feel bad about yourself, but just to gauge what is the level of our rounds and what you need to know. And it helps me out. Um, I think that I you definitely have to change, you know, as you get older and as, as things change. And, you know, my wife, I'll, I'm, I'll tell this story because I know she's thinking it, that when she first met me, uh, she was like, wow, you ask a lot of questions and maybe you need to tone down a little bit because maybe the Socratic method doesn't work for everyone. It definitely didn't work for my wife, you know. I'm going to stop you. So, like, what, this is why you're courting your wife? You're you're pimping her? or <laughs> So... Back in St. Luke's Roosevelt in New York, she was, I am resident. Mm-hmm. I was Palm Critical Care Fellow. And um, there was a definite, like, you know, educational gap as far as year at levels of training. And we definitely didn't date at the time. Um, yeah. It was actually my last year as a Palm Critical Care Fellow. And I went to Detroit that we actually really started to know each other. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm leaving. And she went over to Philly to do a... Um, a rheumatology fellowship. So we were long distance for a while, but she remembered me from our time in St. Luke's Roosevelt as the person who really asked a lot of questions. And I just cherish her opinion of me and how she evaluates me so much, you know, and no. And then she said that, Hey, one thing you could do to be a better teacher is sure. There are questions. Sure. Sometimes you could ask him, but you may need to tone down a little bit and just kind of make it more inclusive. So I've definitely, you know, taken a lot of people's advice and realized that sometimes I will strategically place a question here and there, but sometimes it just, it's a lot better just to kind of let it kind of flow naturally. Or if I'm going to give a talk, I'm going to give the talk. And then if someone wants to ask, they could ask. And, and, you know, by rolling with the punches a little bit, it seemed to work out. I got some teaching awards, so it's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, six years. Uh, the streak is what six years straight. It, it was, you know, I, I broke the streak. Stupid COVID. Oh, yeah, no. I hate COVID. No. <laughs> you know, but uh, hey, you know, I, I still find that desire to uh, to you know to still teach, regardless if I get an award ever again or not. But I'm so happy. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Raj, we're going to go to thank you notes now. So I wrote you a thank you note 
This is on hospital printer paper. Dear Dr. Raj, I have been consuming your content for the past few weeks. Your dedication to educating everyone from patients to medical students to your peers and colleagues is obvious and truly admirable. Thank you for dedicating so much of your time and energy to education. There is no subject too taboo or obscure that you won't tackle. Many of us physicians will talk the talk about speaking openly and plainly to the community. You actually walk the walk. Your patients and the reputation of doctors everywhere are better off because of your work. I'm honored to share the pod with you today, Travis. Wow. That was really heartfelt and nice. And it gave me at least 50% goosebumps on my hand. I like that. Thank you. Yes. You're uh, you're doing the Lord's work. It's it's very high quality content. And I think for anybody, if you're just interested in whatever, you know, some, some sort of medical problem or medical issue or something, just search the Dr. Raj podcast. There's probably something in there for you. And it's a good starter, good surface level. And that just something to pique your interest and get you going further. So I, I think your podcast is really great for that. And then the occasional celebrity will stop by. <laughs> We're going to change things up a little bit. Normally, we have the guest read a thank you note, but Dr. Raj has sent me some thank you notes his students have sent him. And one of the things that stuck out to me is um, it says, thank you, Dr. Raj. I'm starting to love physiology because of your unique way of teaching. You are awesome. God bless you. And it's all this. Dear Dr. Raj, thank you for the best physiology class ever. I never understood. I enjoyed physio as much as I did now. Thank you so much. Wish you could teach all the classes. And the last one, thank you, Dr. Raj, for for helping physiology be so easy. We'll never forget you. Hope meeting you soon. There's this card that is just covered with these. There are some of Kobe Bryant. I'm I'm guessing that's part of the class as well. And then there's one of Yoda. I have have issues with Yoda, but it's it's the same. Uh, Thank you for sharing your knowledge and time with us. You're a very good teacher. I wish I had met you when I was still a med student. Again. I guess you get a lot of these from for the Pearls books or what were these from? You know, these were from my Kaplan courses. And, you know, I've been teaching for Kaplan for, wow, almost 20 years. I teach U Assembly Step 1, 2, and 3. And uh, I take the most pride in teaching Step 1 because it's just tough. Yeah. And I love teaching physio. And, you know, to make a Step 1 class interesting and funny, you know, it's tough and those everyone you read just puts a tear to my eye for a bunch of different reasons. And um, so the reason why Kobe Bryant was because, you know, oh, it's when Kobe retired and he actually has this thing where he was talking about Mamba out. <laughs> and it was almost kind of like we had an ongoing joke in the class that, hey, if you know the answer and you're pretty good about it, don't hesitate. Mamba out. <laughs> it just became the, the phrase. You know, I am super geeky Star Wars person. I grew up with the Holy Trilogy and yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't resist it. And I think the students know that uh, to get on my good side and it doesn't take much to get on my good side, throw a little Star Wars in there. And yeah. so they made it a little Yoda card and, th- and that's just awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Dr. Raj, last question. Yeah. Are you the hop- happiest man in podcasting? <laughs> you know, this, and, when you meet me after the podcast or whenever, I never change who I am because I think that it will just kind of seep through. And I hope I am the happiest. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I am so chatty and I'm so smiley. I almost ha- I, I close my eyes when I talk to you just to make sure I tone it down a little bit. Um, but this is this is toned down. 
this is toned down a little bit. Okay. Just set the right. This this is toned down Raj Dasgupta. <laughs> but yes, I think I'm one of the happiest people out there. Well, it's your uh, our personal uh, spokesman for serotonin, Dr. Raj. Uh, thank you for uh thank you for letting me on the pod. Thank you for doing all this. Uh it's been a real treat. I'm Looking forward to be being part of the ALM family. Oh, definitely. And once again, I can't wait till we team up again when we have our on the uh, you know simulated patient our intubating competition. That's on. <laughs> Bring it. About as good as it gets in the well, there you have it. The happiest man in podcasting. If you couldn't tell, I highly, highly recommend his episode with Bob Saget. It is truly great podcasting, an excellent way to spend 30 minutes. This episode is also being released on his feed as well, The Dr. Raj Show. The link to that podcast will be in the show notes. Please like, approve, rate five stars, endorse, approve, review, and subscribe to this podcast everywhere podcasts are released. Please follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and especially LinkedIn. Links to those accounts will be in the show notes. Thank you to Toy Sauce for the music that you provided and email me your thoughts, feelings, and thank you notes. The address is thankyounotespod at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Yeah.